Hello, and welcome to Permission to Pivot. This is your host, Kayla McCall, and I'm really excited about today's episode. We are talking to Andrea, and I think I'm most excited about this episode today because we dive into the nitty gritty of the in-between the pivot, which I feel like that's something that I want to bring to the forefront a little bit more because it's always fun to hear about you know, what you were doing before and now your great shiny thing you're doing right now. But I think what a lot of us want to know is how did you get there? What was the in-between? Because we know that a lot of people don't just get to, you know, quit one thing and then immediately the next awesome thing starts. That happens sometimes, but rarely or more more often than not, there is an in-between phase that might feel uncomfortable, that might not be everything you hope for, um, but you still get through it so that you can get to the other side. So Andrea and I talk a lot about that in-between phase and how sometimes you have to make a pivot within your pivot to then get to where you want to be. So this one is wonderful. I really love chatting with her and I know you're going to love it as well. I hope you have a wonderful day. Hi there, Andrea. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, We just discovered that we both live here in Texas, which is a fun commonality. We're both dealing with the crazy heat right now. Um, And so I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited to be in the air conditioning talking to you. Yes. Yes. I look forward to staying in my office the majority of the day. I have some errands I need to run later, but I'm going to procrastinate as long as I can today. I know. I wait until the sun goes down. I feel like once, once the sun's not baking on you, it doesn't feel as bad. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Well, I'm just going to jump right into my icebreaker question. When you were little and people would ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up, what was your response? So this really thinking back, I I realize now that this started the trajectory of my life and the need to pivot. When I was smaller, I wanted to be a cardiologist. Like I really wanted to help people um, fix hearts. But my family would say, oh, no, you don't want to do that. There's so much blood. And what if someone dies? It's going to be so stressful. Okay, I want to be a vet. Oh, no, you don't want to work with sick, stinky animals. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have to help a horse give birth. Okay, so got a little bit older and decided when I was a senior in high school that I wanted to go into the Marines. And I have two brothers that are were life long servicemen they both retired one in the marines one in the army and that really upset my mom um had my recruiter come to the house to talk to my parents you know show us a video on hell week and she cried and cried cried the whole time the recruiter was there so I was like okay um how about the air force so I have an air force recruiter come to the house and she rude to the recruiter she cries and cries she doesn't she doesn't want me to be in the military okay got it so I go on to college and I decide to um, major in criminal justice want to be a police officer little I mean step down from the military still still dangerous but it's still serving um 
oh, she doesn't want me to be a police officer. What about the criminals? What if you get shot? What if you're in a car chase and you're in an accident? Okay, so still in criminal justice, I decided I'd major in corrections and be a probation officer. And my mom has a brother who's a probation officer. She has him call me and he's like, oh no, you don't want to do that. Deal with disrespectful children, disrespectful adults. Like that's really not the track that you want to be on. Okay. <laughs> Still in corrections, I'll be a correctional, office, a correctional officer for the Texas penal system. So I go that route. By this time, I'm 21 years old. 21 years old. My, a lifetime of, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, no, you don't want to be that. So I go, I test um, to be a corrections officer at the prison in my, my little hometown. And the warden calls me in. He wants to meet me. Like, okay, I'm nervous. Andrea, so glad to meet you. You've scored the highest score on this test for a corrections officer that's ever been scored in the state of Texas. I'd love to have you come and work at my prison as a correctional officer. I am excited. Yes, sir. I'm on board. Let's do this. On the way to my car at the little guard station, gentleman calls me over. I know him. He's known me my whole life. He knows my brothers, my family. He says, let me talk to you about something. Yes, sir. Do you know what these prisoners will do to a pretty little girl like you? And he starts telling me these horrific stories. Oh. So went home that day, not wanting to be a prison guard. And so after that, like I am a young adult at this point, And I also have a child at this point. I have a one-year-old at this point. And I have no clue what I want to be because everything that I wanted to be People told me that I shouldn't want to be that. So that really put a negative spin on my life to be as old as 21 and really not have a direction for where you're going. Um, it caused a lot of confusion for me. And it started my story and my need to eventually pivot. Wow. I feel like it's, it's so interesting to, and this is one of the reasons why I love that question, because it's always so interesting to hear people talk about either being in an environment where there was already an expectation of what you should answer or, you know, what you should want to be right. Whether it's based on what all your family members do or things like that. So you're just naturally like kind of pushed into the direction of other people's expectations. And it's interesting how young it is that that happens, you know, when you, and you have kids and I have two daughters that are um, seven and 11. And I think about, I want them to say whatever it is that they want to be and just be able to know that as an 11 year old, if she wants to be a doctor, cool. Like, that's great. That's exciting. But it's interesting that I feel like a lot of us grew up in more of that environment of doubt and fear. And well, you can't do that because of this, or this will happen if you do that. And so it kind of stifled us. And I feel like, you know, so my upbringing is not very many of my family members ever went to college. And so I just didn't even think that was a route that I could go. It didn't seem like a possibility. And so hearing you talk, it seems like you had kind of an experience like that as well of wanting to be able to dream for these big, amazing things, but then being told that your dreams were like, 
you weren't thinking about them correctly, right? It was like, well, you're thinking it's going to be great and it's not. And it's like, what a bummer to feel that, you know, so young and everybody, I feel like for the most part, our family means well, like they, they think they're helping us and, and guiding us in a, a, a better, quote unquote, better direction. But it's just interesting because a lot of people I talked to, it really limited their ability to look outside the sphere sphere of their family and their friends and stuff, because, you know, there was just, it was limiting. It felt really limiting. It felt like, oh, you want to be this, but, oh, you want to be this, but, and it was a constant pushback. Yes. And I remember um, in daycare, sitting around a table and we're all talking about what we want to be when we grow up and they have like little uh, coloring sheets with different things, you know, a police officer and different things like that. And one of the kids at the table, you know, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I won't say his name um, (laughs) because he um, is a tremendous force in my life at this point. But hey, little kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says he wants to be a frog. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's so stupid. He wants to be a frog. So, you know, even that young, there are expectations, but not really, you know? So, um, and that sticks out in my mind so much because I think at that point, I realized like, wow there are boundaries to what I can be because I remember that day as clear as day we were three or four and I just remember that day so um I've always asked because of what I've gone through I've always asked my kids since they were tiny what do you want to be and whatever it is like you say whatever it is that they say that we want to be we start exploring that I don't want to limit their dreams. I want them to see what that involves. So you want to be an artist. Well, great. Let's take some art classes. You want to be a sports therapist. Okay, let's put you into some sports so you can understand the mind of an athlete. And I'm not saying that my parents didn't provide that for me. They they provided all kinds of opportunities for me. Um, but the expectation for me was whatever you're going to be, You have to be the very best. So then there's like a very specific expectation. And then I'm trying, like, I'll be the best cardiologist. I'll be the best veterinarian. (laughs) But oh, no, you know, but you can't be the best that. Mm -hmm. Um, So as life went on, I started dabbling. Um, Thought I wanted to be a real estate agent. So took some (laughs) this was a long time ago like back in the day when you could take a class and you'd go buy a floppy disk and stick it in your computer I'm definitely aging myself but I um, did some real estate classes I did some small business classes um, and then decided that I really really wanted to pursue business uh, as far as education and then decided that I didn't know what I wanted to be but I just wanted to make lots and lots of money So I started down that track of chasing money, which I thought would cure all of my, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because as long as you're making a lot of money, it doesn't matter what you are, I thought. And um, ended up in a situation 
that is probably one of the lowest point um lowest points of my life and yeah so I always say that I'm a corporate runaway I have zero expectations of ever um going back to a corporate job I really don't want to work for anyone else but that corporate situation is where I that's where the major pivot um in my life happened and I feel like you know in the movies there should be like a dun 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 because that that was like the point that was the point in my life where I grew up um spiritually emotionally um started taking more responsibility for myself and I'm not saying that I'm not a responsible person because at that point I had a whole family. I had four kids, um, about to give birth to my fifth child, a husband, but I had always put, and as moms, we do, I had always put everyone else's needs above mine. Um, and was just really in a employment situation that wasn't the best for me mentally which can affect you physically and um it was just a really really tough situation um for a long time I would say oh I hated my job no I didn't hate my job I hated the circumstances that I was in while I had that job so um Went to school, got lots of degrees because I, I equate degrees to money. Um, ended up at, with this opportunity at this corporate job. Uh, um, not really happy. Even the first day of work, I'm not happy. And people can tell. And you don't hang in there, hang in there. Just get through, get through this week, and then you'll see what it's really like. So I get through that week, and I'm not really happy. <laughs> the next week or the week after that or the weeks after that and they're like well just hang in there after six months you can apply for another job you can go anywhere else in the company just hang in there for six months okay hung in there for six months apply for another job promotion mm, do that job I love the job um the the responsibilities fit me well but I don't like the employment situation that I'm in um, really micromanager <laughs> type situation, um, hang in there six months and you can apply for another job. Just hang in there, Andrea, six more months, you can do it. So I, I hang in there. I hang in there for a couple of years, actually, and, and um, eventually move on to a huge, huge promotion, huge promotion. Oh, my goodness, type like ridiculous money amazing benefits but at that point like a little the longer I stayed there in that unhappiness it's like a little piece of me died and the higher up in the company I went the more people I was surrounded by that were also unhappy and this company that I worked for was full of what I call lifers like people that I don't have any other job experience except that job. Like the majority of the company, 
at the time that I was there, they've been there 40 years or plus, even had people up into their 50 years uh, there at the at the job. And um, lots of people that don't know what else is out there in the world that started trying to provide advice for me on what I should and shouldn't do as far as my life is concerned. And people know I'm unhappy, but just hang in there six more months. Like that was the mantra, you know, after six months, you can move on and change your life. But in the, the last position that I had there, I did love the job. I had control over what I did um, as long as it stayed within the scripts of the job description. Like this is your job description. This is our organization and all of your Thoughts, hopes, dreams, cares will be for this organization. Don't ask what happens outside of your cube <laughs> because that's not our concern. Our concern is this little block of six cubes right here and all we care about is this. But we're a bigger company and I want to know what happens before the work gets here and after. Oh, no, 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 no. You just need to worry about what's going on right here. And being in a situation like that where I was not feeling fulfilled, I um, am very curious. I like to dig. I like to discover. I like to explore. I like to put puzzle pieces together. And I didn't have that opportunity. So I started volunteering, mentoring, um, did some hospice volunteering and things like that. But my health had gotten so bad and oh my goodness, the anxiety working all day with people that are miserable and they're fight in fighting in your work group and people that hate their lives, hate their husbands, hate their jobs, their kids won't talk to them anymore. And so now they're meddling in your life. And, you know, I was already unhappy and I wanted more and I didn't see a career path for me there but I can't leave because people, you know, oh, if you leave, it'll be the worst thing you ever do. And I have these kids, this husband, this house, new cars. I'm like, wow, you know, it's a lot. It became a lot. It got to the point where when I would come home for dinner and we'd sit around the dinner table, like my kids couldn't talk. My husband would have to keep the kids quiet because any noise would set me off. Like it would just, my nerves were so frazzled. And I'd started having anxiety attacks on the way to work, um, on 35, on the way downtown Dallas, passing the zoo every day, like an alarm. As soon as I got to that huge giraffe on 35 in Dallas at the zoo, I'd start having an anxiety attack. I'd have to pull off and get myself together before I could go into work. And like, I'd never... I'd never been like that before. Like dri driving had never given me anxiety before. Um, I'd get in the car with my kids and drive 500 miles to see my parents right after work. Like that had never been an issue. And then I started having, like started getting weird infections. Like I got a scalp infection. Who gets a scalp infection? Um, I got an infection in my nose. Like one side of my nose got an infection in it got this huge bump and went to the doctor. It was an infection. I caught a virus and I went to the doctor and they were like, wow, we normally don't see this in adults. 
So I'm starting to think like, what's going on with my body? Like I'm getting these weird infections, these weird viruses. I'm having anxiety. I'm going in the bathroom at work and locking myself in a stall and crying. Um, and then I have my fifth child and I have a stroke. My second stroke. And I'm in the hospital for a month. And start thinking about life and <laughs> all that I could possibly have missed if I don't make it out of the hospital. And I realize as I'm there in the hospital, wondering if I'm ever going to get to go home and hold my new baby, if I'm ever going to get to see my other four kids again. Um, and just thinking what what have I shown them? Like I've shown them it's okay to be miserable. It's okay to not want to spend time with people because you can't stand to hear their voices. It's okay to not have strength or energy to get out of bed because you're so worn out from your nine to five and it's okay. That's the only thing I've shown them. I haven't shown them how to be filled. I haven't shown them how to be happy I've only shown them what it's like to be miserable and make lots of money and I also realized that not one time did I get in my phone and check my balance at Bank of America not one time did I wonder how much money I had but that's the most important thing as far as what I had based my life on up to that point. So that was really the point that I decided I needed to pivot my life. Wow. I feel like it's really crazy when our bodies force us to stop and slow down. And it sounds like you had, so your body was giving you so many signs, but because you had you know, that pressure of, well, this is, you know, I've grown so much in this company. I'm now in this position. Like, what would people think if I just quit and I make all the money and I do all the, you know, all the things. And we just put that pressure on ourselves, that that's just what we have to continue doing forever because we went down that path. And I feel like so many people get stuck in that where they're like, well, I went down this path. I committed to this path and now here I am. And this is it. And I just feel like it's, it's so telling and, and it just shows how powerful our bodies are because yours finally gave you no choice, but to stop and be, you know, how scary to be in the hospital after having a baby and your body was like, well, if you're not going to listen, then I'm going to force this on you and thank God you're okay. And I can't imagine the recovery from that, but also I'm excited to hear how that moment in time helped you create what you have now? After I got out of the hospital, I couldn't drive. My husband had to teach me how to drive again. Um, but they were chomping at the bit for, for me to come back to work. I was getting phone calls, um, you know, hey, how do we handle this? Or we think this is messed up. So, um, and my neurologist, had told me 
I can extend your leave. I don't think it's a good idea for you to go back. I think you need more time. No, I, I need to go back. I wasn't getting any rest at home anyway from the phone calls and text messages. Might as well go back. Um, when I did get back to work that first day, we went out for a lunch celebration. I had a hard time holding my fork because I was just so weak and so tired. Um, had a hard time sitting up in my chair. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking going back when I did, but um, had a lot of free time um, at to recover, couldn't drive. So I decided to start reading a book on the way. My husband would drive me to work um, and he would go work for a little while or he would sleep in the parking lot based on whatever his work schedule was for the week until it was time to pick me up. So I would read on the way to work and I would read on the way home. And I started reading this book called When Breath Becomes Air. Um, it's about this young doctor who is at the highest point in his career and he finds out that he has cancer. And it's about what happens in his life after that. That book forced me to really take a look at not what had happened behind me, but what I wanted to happen ahead of me. And I knew it had to change. And that, that was a battle in itself. Um, when I started talking about wanting to move on from that job, I got the same answers, responses, pressures that I got when I was little. Oh, no, you don't want to leave. This job has the best benefits. Where are you going to make money like this? Like things like that is what I started hearing. But after everything I had gone through, I wanted to put myself first and I wanted to do what I wanted to do uh, for the first time. I wanted to do what I wanted to do as far as the direction of my life was concerned. So I started figuring out what it is that I loved. Like I wanted to take part in something that I absolutely loved and um, decided to quit. I decided to leave that job. Um, and I actually lost, lost an important friendship to me when I decided, uh, well, I thought it was a friendship. When I decided to leave that job, I was branded as like a traitor for wanting a different life. Um, but I did. I left that job. I went back to school for a little while and studied the brain, um, went into a graduate neuroscience program, decided quickly it wasn't for me, <laughs> learning the parts of the brain. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't for me. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But I really I realized that I wanted to serve. Um, I'd already done some hospice volunteering. I really, really loved it. Um, really loved visiting with the people at, you know, nursing homes. Really loved learning about caring for people at the end of their lives uh, and decided that I wanted to focus on serving. Um, and that when, when I think about the jobs that I wanted when I was younger, like a cardiologist, a veterinarian, a police officer, like all of those things are service. And I'm finally in that spot now. I'm finally in that spot. But I had to take responsibility for myself. I had to figure out what it is that I wanted and really, really look within myself 
um, so that I would even have the strength to pivot. Yeah, It's not as easy as it sounds. No, it's definitely not. And I, I feel like a lot of people end up having this question with me when I talk to guests is what does that look like logistically? So how old were your kids when you decided to pivot? Like what, how big of a change was that in your household? Um, you know, I have to imagine there were so many obstacles, but there were probably so many great elements with maybe more flexibility in your day and all of that kind of stuff. But how did that look for you guys as a family unit? Because it sounds like you were providing and all of that. So that had to be a huge change. It was, none of it was negative. Um, none of it was negative. I was able to, like, I did a lot of fun, fun jobs. Um, I did some merchandising. So I love that. So you, sorry to interrupt you. So when you quit, when you quit and you went back to school, you picked up some other jobs. Mm -hmm. I I love that. I want to hear about that. Cause I, I've done the same thing. It's like, and, and sometimes it's so much fun when you've done something else for so long, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm excited to go come here and do this and then have fun and go home and not think about it. So what were those jobs? Yes. I loved it. So I did merchandising for about a year, maybe even a little over a year. Um, and that's actually a part-time job that I had when my son was a baby. My mom was a manager at a, like a discount store. And I went and merchandised at that store that she um, was over. So I did the same. I did like, you don't think about it when you go to the store, but the little coupon machines um, or the little signs that are like, Hey, this is the best pasta sauce in the world. Like someone actually comes and hangs those up or those huge stickers on the floor that's like a big pizza with a kid with a you know slice of pizza in their hand someone actually comes in and installs those things or the displays at Christmas with the gift cards and that's what I did I merchandised for several companies um, and did displays or pulled um, you know blankets that were recalled or things of that nature and I loved the variety Um, I loved being able to choose what type of project I did, where I did it. And I was, I went all over Dallas, like all over Dallas, different types of stores, um, produce sections, baby sections, gift cards, uh, set up displays. And I was able to be my own boss, decide what projects I wanted, when I wanted, how long I wanted, um, and I still had the flexibility to be um, at plays that my kids were doing or at parent teacher day, or I could volunteer at their school, go on field trips and, you know, doctor's appointments didn't have to ask permission to take my kids to a doctor's appointment, had time to study. And like, I was actually happy. I, I was happy again, like the fight between my husband and I, those weren't happening anymore. I started enjoying spending time with my kids, like being playful. And I remember one of my, one of my girls, I have triplets and they were eight, nine at the time. Um, One of them said to me, oh my gosh, mommy, you're finally playing with us again. And like that just hit me. Like I didn't, it's a difference that even 
it's a positive difference that they could see, but it let me know how dark my life had become when I had stopped playing with my kids and didn't even realize that that was an activity that they were missing. Yeah. Um, but I love this so much because I think that, you know, a lot of people feel like there's just A and B, right? You're doing this, you don't want to do anymore. So you have to immediately know what you're going to do next, have it lined up, be ready to go. But I think this is such an awesome example of, no, you can look at what, where you are now. And this is something that my awesome therapist, Stephanie, I had her on in like the early episode. She, she would always have me do where when I was feeling stuck or unhappy with something I was doing, she'd be like, okay, I want you to take stock of all the things that you're really enjoying right now. And then all the things you're not enjoying. And then let's figure out how to remove the things you don't enjoy and add more in of the things that you enjoy. And so I love hearing that you maybe didn't want to be a merchandiser forever, but you were like, well, this is really serving my life right now. And I feel like I did, you know, I did the same thing. I had an event planning company for seven years and I was so burnt out. My best friend and I wanted to kill each other. (laughs) Luckily we're friends now. Um, But it was really, really hard. And I felt like I just felt like I was a failure as a business owner because that wasn't where I wanted to be anymore. And I did the same thing where I I ended up getting a job at a law firm and working a normal, quote unquote normal. I think I did like a seven to three schedule so I could pick my kids up from school. But it was one of those jobs that was so fun because I got to get out of the house where the last seven years I'd been working from home, doing events, very isolated. I got to be out of the house, around people. And I did events for a law firm and it was super fun. I only did it for a year, but it served a purpose for our family. We needed a more steady income at the time, you know, all the things. And I, I, I want people to understand that you don't have to have that next part totally figured out or committed to something. You can just decide, I don't want to do this anymore. And you can do any, I mean, you can go get a job at a coffee shop and work in the mornings while your kids are at school or while you're going to school. There's so many things you can do. And I think if you make a list of the things that you love doing, you can find something that helps make money so that while you're in transition, your family doesn't, you know, totally suffer, which, which I think that, you know, there are phases of life too, where you do have to scale back. You do have to make some changes to get to the next phase. But I I think that people hopefully can understand that, especially with your story, it's not like you were making all this money and you just quit and we're like, Oh, I'm just going to go to school and whatever. It's like, no, there were changes that made were made in between before you got to where you are right now. Yes. Absolutely. And everything that you just said involves understanding yourself, understanding what you love and putting, putting yourself first, which is not selfish, putting yourself first so that you can serve your family or serve others better is not selfish. And that should be the number one requirement. Um, when you realize that you're unhappy with whatever situation you're in, look within yourself and figure out what makes you happy. And that's what I did. And that's what I continue to do. 
I don't want to be wrapped up in things that Mm -hmm. make me miserable, make me cry, make me have anxiety. Like, I don't want to be wrapped up in those things. Now, as an adult, we can't always have, you know, party sunshine days all the Mm -hmm. time. There are things that we have to do that we don't necessarily want to do. But the majority of your life shouldn't be things that make, make you miserable. And if you're involved in more things that make you unhappy than happy, it's time to to start thinking about pivoting for sure yeah and it sounds scary but it's so like the red pill blue pill and matrix like it's this life that I'm living now I wish I could bottle it or package it so that people could rip it open and take part in it I'm a completely different person I'm a better wife I'm a better mom I'm a better friend. I'm a better person. Um, I've started a business. I've started a second business. Like I take better care of myself. Um, I'm happier. I'm fulfilled. Um, And once you're happy, like all of that trickles down and it starts affecting things like that. That black circle that starts turning, you know, a bright color and it just starts spreading across your whole life and um, infecting others who then go on to infect others. Like it's such a major positive difference. And I encourage everyone to look within themselves and figure out what they need to change once they realize something's not going the way that it should, for sure. Yeah. And it's okay to not have a plan, just like you said. And it's also okay to just be still for a little while. It's okay to be still. It's okay to have quiet moments where you don't know what you're going to do and just sit with yourself and enjoy those moments of peacefulness, stillness. It's like our lives are so busy. It's okay to be still. It's okay to have unknowns. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think understanding too, that you know, a big reason why people give you pushback is because they're scared or they can't see themselves doing what you're doing. And so, you know, they have to poke holes in it. Right. And I think being able to understand that when you are to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't like doing it. Yes. I know it's this big shiny object that most people think like, oh, you've made it if you're doing this thing, but I don't like doing it. And I, and it makes me I'm not living the life I want to be living while I'm doing this thing. I think it's really hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. And I think that's why you get pushback with that kind of stuff. But I think like you said, with, when you decide you were going to quit and you started hearing that same stuff that you heard as a kid, I think when you can finally have that confidence within yourself to understand your issues with this is about you and not about what actually I'm doing. And I'm really excited and happy to move forward with these changes I want to make. I think that you can kind of forge that path and people can sense that energy when there's that shift in like your confidence too. And I feel like when I've made changes, I've definitely had that too. And, and I've made a lot of changes and I've had a lot of people be like, Oh, here she goes again, changing your mind or whatever. And I used to feel really bad about it. I used to, when I had an idea, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to mention this to anybody. Cause they're going to be like, Oh, here's Kayla again, having something else she wants to do. Like, you know, but it's just who I am. And now that I've been able to embrace it, that's just part of me. And I love trying new things. I love changing my mind. It's, it's what I, it fills me up. And I feel like now that I'm confident about it, 
I don't get those reactions from people anymore. I get excitement from people of like, oh, what's next? We're excited to hear what's next. And it's, it's such an interesting shift. Yes. And I love that. And Kayla, I need you and more people like you in my tribe, because that is, that is very much who I am. And after all that I've gone through, I've gained a lot more confidence, but I've also learned how to say no, Um, not just verbal no, like, no, I don't want to be part of that, but no to attitudes. Like, I'm not going to accept this energy and I'm going to walk away from it. Life is to be lived and my life is to be lived by me. I'm responsible for the decisions that I make. I'm responsible for the the path that my life goes on. And I don't need anybody else's negativity deciding which way that I'm going to go with the only life that I am going to live here today. And so I've really taken responsibility and ownership of my life and want more people like you in my life that understand that understand that whole concept. And it is, it's a concept that you have to grasp and embrace and live every single day mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And it's just so much more exciting to live in a place of, I can do any of those things out there that I want to do instead of living in a place of like, well, that's really good for them that they can do it. And it's like, you know, I I was talking to one of my friends that she ended up quitting her job and traveling for a year. And there were so many people that were like, well, good for her that she can do that. And it's like, well, no, she made a conscious decision. This is what I want. And so here's how I'm going to get it. Anybody can do that. It's just a matter of being able to shift your mindset to, instead of being the victim of like, well, my life could never provide that to me being the person that's like, I'm going to go get that. I'm going to make that happen for myself. And if they can do it, you can do it too. It's just a matter of putting in the work and the action to make it happen. Absolutely. And I love that you say it's a mindset because it is the mindset shift, the paradigm shift. Um, And it's not just like, oh, we jumped up one day and decided we weren't going to live that life we were living. There's so much more to it than that until you get to the point that you can do that. So it takes work, but it's It's definitely, yes. It's a constant practice. And I, it's Mm. funny, I, I catch myself there's certain times of the month and I'm not just saying when I'm on my period, I'm just saying there's certain times and I should look into it further as to what's happening in the world and the universe when these things happen. But I'll have a couple mm-hmm. days where I'm like, ugh, I just don't like anything about anything that's happening. And so I, you know, I talked to um, my therapist about it and stuff. And she was like, those are the days that you shouldn't feel like you need to make any big decisions. Like that's your body and your mind being like, no, these are the days where if you just need to just go for a walk or you just want to go to a movie with the kids and like not be this super get your work done, be productive, motivating everybody around you person. Those are the days to not do that. And that's okay. And I used to get really down on myself during those days. Cause I'd be like, what's wrong with you? You clearly don't love what it is you're doing, you know? And now I'm like, oh no, these are just a couple of days where I'm just like, meh, I just want to, you know, watch Netflix today and relax. And that, and that's totally fine and acceptable. And I think that again, the mindset of positivity and getting what you want and doing what you want, it's a practice. And there's going to be those times where it doesn't feel super easy. I agree. I've had to, um, 
moving from a life that was busy, busy, like uh, my life is still busy, but like corporate meetings, driving here, there, lunches, training sessions to having more flexibility and feeling those like and having the choice to feel like that. Like I just really oh my gosh, people aren't responding to my emails. I really need another client this week and haven't been able to found, find one. Like, oh, I hate this. Like, I hate my life today. I hate mm-hmm. this. I hate my business. And just not doing anything for a long time, I felt guilty. Like, oh my gosh, you're a slob. Mm-hmm. You're the, you have this wonderful opportunity and you're blowing it, watching Netflix. Like, no, that's the time that my mind, my body is telling me that I need to be still, that I need a reset. And so I've started now, I have like a thousand journals, but I've started like a little to-do journal. And those days when I am feeling that way, I start capturing ideas on, like I've I've used that as a creative time to maybe, uh, if I wanted to expand my business, or if I wanted to take a new class or learn a new language, I've started writing those things down it's productive it makes me mm-hmm. feel like those times are productive and it gives me new dreams mm-hmm. I'm very goal-oriented I feel like I always have to have a dream so I use that downtime to dream and that's another great thing about, about pivoting like I fulfilled a dream by changing the direction of my life and now I feel so free to dream And it's just really, this is really such a beautiful place. I just wish that everyone could experience that. I really do. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel the same way. And, and every time I talk to any of my friends or family, I feel like, you know, I always try to bring a little piece of that, of just the positivity and the excitement and hope that, like you said, it just starts to like rub off on everybody around you and your, you know, bright your brightness just shines on everybody else. And I just feel like I see it with my kids. I see it with my husband and my family and all of that. And I just think it's, it's so great. And hearing your story of being very successful in the corporate world that you were in and still deciding that it's just not for you and having the confidence to make that leap, I think is just super empowering. And I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Yes. Thank you for providing the platform for me to share my to share my story and to hopefully give someone a little bit of hope to pursue pivoting, pursuing something else, something else that's out there for them. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And one last question before we wrap this up, just if you could give one person that's maybe right on the ledge of making that leap to even, even if that leap is just saying out loud, I don't want to do this anymore what would be just a little piece of advice that you would give them as they're about to make that leap? Sit with yourself. Sit with yourself and look within yourself and decide, or you don't even have to decide, just play with the possibilities, play with the ideas of doing things that could fulfill you, things that you've always wondered about things that you wanted to do, things that you think that are so far outside of your grasp um, can be possibilities once you start looking outside of the little bubble that you've created for yourself. So just sit with yourself and figure out what your 
what your loves are, what your passions are, and the things that'll make you feel fulfilled. And that's already the first step. Like you're already, you've taken the first step to getting there. Just sit with yourself. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to share where people can find you. I know you do some incredible coaching. Now, um, if you want to talk briefly about that, you could definitely jump in and say a few things about the coaching programs that you offer. And I definitely want to share all of that um, on our show notes as well. So I have a craft business. I'm very right brain, left brain. Like I have to have both. I have a craft business. I have to have that creativity. Um, But I also help passionate entrepreneurs that serve with their businesses. Um, I help them get their businesses to the point of efficiency so that they can serve with ease. And a lot of it does take some encouragement, some coaching, some discussions like what we've had today. Every single possibility that's out there can be yours. You just have to take hold of it. That's amazing. Well, I'm excited to stay in touch with you. I know we talked about having people like ourselves in each other's circle is so important and to keep uplifting each other. And I just appreciate you taking the time to talk today. And I'm excited to see what else it is that you do. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Andrea. Bye. Bye. Bye.